been a few that have come down with uh, fever symptoms, cold, this kind of whole, whole array of things, I guess. So we'll keep them in prayer, those that, but there, there's going to be some to be here this evening, so. But I thank God that we are here. Amen. We'll hold the fort down for everybody. Amen. Yeah. We'll keep the fire burning in this place. Amen. Nice and hot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. It's good to be back in the house of God. Good to see everybody. And we'll just get down to business this morning. Uh, Chuck requested prayer this morning. He called me this morning and requested prayer. Uh, of course, with them, they imposed even more uh, severe restrictions on them. So now they can't even have uh, uh, one person come to the house unless it's a family member. So, so obviously their their Bible studies and stuff are just at a standstill. So, so pray for them, um, for their needs, and then of course, uh, their their the availability as a community centers in, in White River. Both communities are kind of uh, for whatever reason they're, they're not letting anybody uh, use them for right now found that out a couple of days ago. So keep praying for them out there in White River. Hopefully there's another option we can we can find so we can start services back up out there. So keep that in mind. Pray for them and all the other needs that we have that are here with all of our families and, and everybody. So let's keep that. Let's keep praying for our loved ones, everybody that's been here. So if you would all stand with me. Um, I'd like to ask Brother Aaron to lead us in prayer this morning, and then uh, musicians and singers, go ahead and come on up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to see you all. Good to see Sister Tracy. Amen. Yeah, we are up in doubt, but amen, God's here. Yes, amen. That's right. Appreciate the Lord. You know, we serve someone so faithful. Yes, amen. Thank God for His grace. You know, His grace made it all possible. That's right. This is grace. Yes. I had a debt I couldn't pay, yeah. and He paid a debt He didn't owe. Oh, yeah, wow. amen. That's right. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. God. Loving God. Wow. He knew yes. our need. We can't save ourselves. Yes. But hey, we got no strength in ourselves to save ourselves. Oh, God. Thank you for your blessed grace. A beautiful day is given us, so let's rejoice in Him. Yeah. Rejoice yeah. in truth. Yes. Wow, that's something that we should all be thankful for is truth. Yes. yes. So that's let's right. pray. Let's entreat the Lord. Amen. Let Him have His way here in this place this morning. We thank you, mighty God, for Amen. this day, Father. All those gathered together. We thank you, Lord, the assembling of for your presence, God. Father. Oh, 
Thank you, Lord. Move in your people, God. Lord, quicken our motor body, God. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness, O God, your love, God. Thank you for the breath of life, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, O God. Lord, increase our knowledge, O God, our wisdom of your word, God. That we may grow, God, in our relationships with you, Jesus. Lord, even our relationships with one another, God. Lord, hallelujah. Thank you for your love. Lord, accept this offering, oh God, of praise, this offering of thanksgiving, oh God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, oh God, in the name of this body as I offer as a living sacrifice, oh God, holy and acceptable unto you, oh God, which is our reasonable service, which is my reasonable service, God. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Regional Ladies Conference, Saturday, June 12th, Word of Life Brookings. And of course, Friday evening, this will be fellowship and fun, starting at 7 p.m. 
Saturday uh, morning will be registration at 9.30. And then the session will start at 10 o'clock, welcoming worship. And uh, uh, 11 o'clock to 11.30, taking a break, and then back on at 11.30 to begin the session. And lunch will be served at the Brookings Activity Center. Um, registration is $35 for anybody who wants to attend. And of course, if you want to go the night before, just to be a part of the, what's going on Friday, you have some uh, a number you can call for rooms. And the special guest speaker will be Sister Diane Gouguerre. So that's an announcement. And that, that is next weekend, by the way. So any of you that feel like you want to uh, attend that. And then, of course, uh, at the end of this month, on the 23rd, 24th, to the 24th of June is the uh, 48 camp meeting in Hoganville, Georgia with Brother uh, Robert Longshore and Sister Pat Longshore. Uh, celebrating 48 years of preaching the gospel there in Hoganville, Georgia. So uh, services start at Wednesday, 7 p.m. There will be one service on Wednesday, 7 p.m., then Thursday and Friday will be 7 p.m. And during the day, Thursday and Friday, first services start at 10 a.m. and then at 2 p.m. So uh, and dinner will be served at 2 p.m. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The dinner will be served at 2 p.m. in the Church Fellowship Hall. So and I know there's I know there's a whole delegation going from this church. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But we're going to have a good time. It's all, we always have a good time when we go to this camp meeting. And uh, so, and then uh, another announcement this morning. Um, find my papers here. Apostolic Faith Church of Grafton, North Dakota is hosting a camp meeting July 27th through the 30th at Park River Bible Camp, located one mile north of Highway 17 uh, on Highway 32, approximately 45, 40 miles west of Park River, North Dakota. Services uh, Tuesday through Friday evening at 7 p.m. Speaker will be Reverend Billy Chapman. Uh, day services, Wednesday, 10 a.m., Reverend, Speaker Reverend Tim Bedlin, and then Thursday's Mission Days, uh, 10 a.m., Speaker Reverend Robert Taylor, Friday, 10 a.m., Speaker Reverend Charles Sefchik, uh, communal breakfast, noon meal, and snacks for after evening service will be provided. So, uh, that is... Uh, information. There are 18 cabins on the campgrounds that will be available for suitable for a family. Each one has four bed, four four to six bed bunk beds, and there will be there will be reserved on they will be reserved on a first come first served basis, and there will be a twenty-five dollar fee for those ones who use the cabins. And of course, the number to call. And tents are allowed. 
additional RV spots can be reserved at the uh, Home Dam State Park at East Meadow Campground and Park River. So these are announced for that camping and the host pastor is Brother Stephen Schuler. And I met Brother Schuler, I've known Brother Schuler for quite a few years I'm up there in North Dakota. So that they sent to us this week and wanted us to announce that in case anybody wants to go to a, a camp meeting this summer in North Dakota. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have enough for uh, Sunday school classes this morning? I do. Okay. I don't know about the toddlers. Okay. So all the rest of the Sunday school classes, you can be dismissed to your respective classroom. All you adult children remain in here. Yeah. We had that promise. Praise God. Let me find my place here in the Bible. And uh, if you want to turn with me, open up your Bible this morning. The book of First Timothy, chapter three. this morning. Amen. Thank God for this wonderful truth. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And for the work that he does. Yesterday, uh, I ministered at my uh, cousin's funeral, Gregory, South Dakota. And uh, All, you know, the Lord directed me to a certain passage of Scripture in the book of Romans and speaking about, uh, you know, about what Paul was talking about, that whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord's. And uh, just that thought, following that thought, but, and, and a lot of people, when it comes to understanding life and death, of course, uh, the, there's there's really uh, uh, not too much information 
that is outside of the Bible concerning that. Everybody has their beliefs. Everybody has their philosophies. Yes. And, uh, and the other word I'll use is they have their superstitions. And they, they, they go to that. But I was impressed yesterday as I was speaking it just it was like the, the Lord tapped on my shoulder and said, I want you to talk about this. And so I, I had to do a, a little ad lib. And, and a lot of times we don't know why, we don't know why we're directed to do that. And, uh, but God has a good reason why sometimes he, he uh, leads us and he asks us to do certain things like that. And that's what I, that's what I did yesterday. Just an explanation of certain things as far as our relationship with God. And I never realized it. And uh, I said my piece and then I was done and that was it. Amen. Offered our prayers, prayed for my family. That was it. And uh, as we were leaving yesterday, I, I was given a compliment about what I said. And the person that uh, shook my hand and complimented me, he said, Said, you know, I never heard it. I never heard it spoken of like that. Amen. He said, but what you said made a lot of sense. Right. Amen. Yes. And he said, I want to thank you for that because I never really, really uh, understood it the way you brought it out. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So I was very thankful. You know, God has a way of doing things. Yes. Has a way yes. of speaking Amen. to us. Yes. Right. Understanding that, you know, our we as human beings, we as human beings, um, scripture that comes to mind is a, is a passage of scripture. You don't have to go there. But uh, in, in the book of Psalms, where the psalmist wrote, uh, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Amen. We as human beings, and, and, uh, whether you believe in God or not, whether you're a believer, whether you're atheist, or whether you're in between, whether you're skeptical, or you know, everybody has their reasons why they they want to believe and why they don't believe, and some people are in between, you know. Yeah. But the need, the need, uh, I believe, when we come to that part in our life where we experience certain uh, a void, mm -hmm. and that void is there, and I, and I believe that void is placed there for the Lord himself in our innermost being and that's what draws us or that's what leads us to a point of where we begin to seek and we begin to ask questions we become uh, interested and, and uh, we want to know we want to find out you know really about about God and uh, about this world and who we are and why we're here and, and all that and it all comes together but uh, that's something so in, in 1st Timothy chapter 3 verse number 16 we're all familiar with this scripture yeah. verse we could all some of you probably can quote it without yeah. even going there yeah. but it says without controversy great is the mystery of godliness great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, 
seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Amen. Yes. So when you read that passage of scripture, of course, Paul was writing this letter uh, to the church. Obviously, they didn't have any uh, difficulty in understanding what he was saying here because they knew already who he was talking about. <laughs> but just in the way that he phrased it, just in the, in the words that he used, but uh, that's basically how it is with, with people that do not really understand or know God or even know who God is and uh, even know if there is a God or not. So, and this is, this is, uh, you know, something that is profound to us. We, we, we obviously, we know it. But I'm going to read you another, I want to read you the Amplified Bible. Look what the Amplified Bible says. The same passage of scripture. It says, and great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth. Great and important and weighty, we confess, is the hidden truth. The hidden truth. The mystic secret of godliness. Now that's kind of something how they bring that out and amplify it. The mystic secret of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh. He was justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. But we, we and, and that's one thing, uh, you know, I feel like in my heart, my experience, and salvation, experience in salvation, and how the Lord came into my life and He touched me. He touched me. When He did, uh, you know, He He did it in such a way that uh, He revealed His Word to me, and especially when uh, I began to ask questions and I and I didn't know uh, really what the Word was trying to. You know the enlightenment that was in it, and, and when he when he did that, and then here he comes again. He speaks to me, and he directs me, and, and when I follow his uh, his word, his commandment, and then it brought me to another piece of scripture, and here it was. And then what he did was he used that piece of scripture to explain to me the first piece of scripture that he he took me to. And I obviously, after seeing that and coming to the understanding, I realized, hey. I know what he's talking about here now. Yes. It's Amen. understandable. So obviously that experience was by revelation. By revelation, God revealing his word, revealing his word, coming to that understanding. That's important. Uh, that's important for us to to really uh, uh, when we when we think about God and knowing who God is, we're privileged people to know who God is. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes. Because right. a lot of people don't do not know who he is. Right. right. And they don't even know he has a name. And so so we're privileged people so that we come to that understanding. So we should never take that revelation for granted. Because we know it without controversy. Without controversy. Amen. Yep. 
Great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery to some, but to us it's not any longer. God has revealed himself to us. And uh, because of that revelation, we know who he is. And of course, uh, has to be a revelation that comes by the Spirit of God, comes by him, amen, uh, moving upon us and giving us that understanding. And once we have that understanding, we have our uh, eureka moment. <laughs> we say, wow, you yeah. know, now, I didn't know this before. Amen, yep. And that's that's indication. That is an evident indication of God actually ministering to us by His Spirit. Yeah. And so it becomes personal. It becomes a personal yes. uh, experience. You know, we, we come across it just like Jesus when He asked His disciples, who do men say that I am? And they all gave Him their answers. But then He made it personal. He said, whom do you say I am? Uh, Peter spoke up and he said thou art the Christ the son of the living God Amen. so obviously some in the mind of Peter the Lord revealed to him who he was he understood it he just you know being in fellowship with him all those days all those weeks all those yes. months and, and just Beholding him, just watching him, just hearing him. Amen. There's something different about this person. Amen. He's not just a normal man. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and uh, and the reason why he wasn't a normal man, he was the God man. Yeah, uh, amen. And, and the term Messiah, you know, the anointed one. He was anointed with the Spirit of God. So, so in that, in that truth, in that fact, you know, we understand, you know. Uh, what God did when he came into this world. Amen. Amen. I'm glad. How many of you are glad he took action? Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> he took action. Hallelujah. What we're experiencing here in this fellowship, what we're experiencing here when we come into this place and we call upon his name, we worship him, and it's very evident how he quickens his spirit in this place and he quickens us in his spirit. Yes. So that we, we can obviously know that his presence is here. Right. And uh, so we can we can have that fellowship with him. And, and of course, God is continuing to manifest his glory uh, to us and, and in our midst and even through us. He manifests his glory. Amen. Amen. And uh, I thought about this this morning. And uh, I, I've never really ex expounded, I guess, not in great detail on the Godhead. I haven't, you know, little little points here and there in, in some of the Bible studies, maybe even in some of the preaching, but little little points in here speaking about the Godhead. Yes. I've yes. never really got into a, a per se a, a deep Bible study on the Godhead. Amen. But and, and obviously because we all have an idea, we all know, we understand that there's yes. only one God. Yes. Right? Amen one God and uh, one Lord Jesus Christ yep amen that's right <laughs> one spirit yeah. and we all we all agree to that we know that because we have experienced salvation so we understand that very very uh, uh, how would I say we, we obviously we know our experience amen yes come close to that 
But here's the thing, sometimes uh, this information that you and I know openly uh, was never information that was out there where people could understand it. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh -huh. that's right. <coughs> so God had to do some things yep. <laughs> in order for that to take place. But uh, so, so here's the thing, it was, it was hidden. Yep. And of course, when we I'm going to address the word, what Paul's talking about here in this passage of scripture. Great is the mystery of godliness. It was a hidden mystery. It was hidden in obscurity. It was veiled. So we could not really comprehend directly about the person of God. And But God in his wisdom... And when you go into the in, into the word, and, and especially in Old Testament scripture, <clears throat> he always, in a sense, he bailed himself. He bailed himself so that they wouldn't really know, they wouldn't really understand, uh, because obviously there was a time this revelation had to be kept a secret until the right time until the right time when God would uh, obviously want to make himself known Amen. and so he did that he did that so uh, he, was, he was a God that hid himself if, if you go over there into the book of uh, Isaiah in chapter 45 you'll see this uh, what Isaiah was speaking here and you see this and, and uh, he says here in Isaiah 45 and, and 15, he says, Verily, verily, thou art a God that hideth thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. You are a God that hide yourself and we get certain uh, we get certain passages of scriptures that kind of leads us in that direction that he did not really want to be known he's only known to one one people that was his people they understood that because of course in the Shema of Israel hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord they knew he was God, they knew he was one God, but the only thing that they could comprehend about him was this. They seen his works. They seen his manifestations. When I say that, you can go back into the way he spoke to people, and of course, uh, we understand this, and, and, and the scripture says this, God is a Spirit. So every encounter that God had with his people back then, it was through his spirit. He, he spoke to them. And uh, here's the thing. Now, this is this is amazing. I, you know, sometimes uh, I'm in awe at God's, the way he does things. Amen. Yes. I'm in awe at the way he, he does things. Amen. Yep. And, and, and you know, uh, I think about how many times I've heard different people, even myself, uh, Wanting to hear God's voice. Amen. 
I wonder what his voice sounds like. Amen. Amen. God does have a voice. Yep. Amen. And it is a voice that is a significant voice. So obviously, when, when the Lord was dealing with his people, when he selected Israel, and then he, he, he spoke to certain individuals, for example, he obviously, Adam and Eve, heard his voice every day when they were in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Yep. Wow. They couldn't see him, yep. but they could hear his voice. They knew he was there. Amen. They obviously felt his presence. How did they know he was there? They felt his presence. Right. Amen. Talk about an amazing experience. Right. Having fellowship with God, you can't see him, but you can feel him. Yeah. Amen. His presence was there, and all of a sudden, here comes his voice. They could hear his voice. So obviously, here's the thing, and this is just my own opinion, but I'm just relating it to you because I've asked so many times. But, and, and, and here's the thing. The reason why he spoke to them the way he spoke to them was because they couldn't see him. So in order to understand that, obviously, they knew his presence was there, for him to directly speak to them, here's the thing. The difference between them back then even in the old covenant and and we right now the difference is this does anybody know what that difference is they weren't filled with the holy ghost we are yeah. <coughs> amen yep thank you jesus wow but here's the thing so because they didn't have that experience of being spirit-filled, God spoke to him. And so that's why they heard his voice. So his voice accompanied his presence. Woo! Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. His voice accompanied his presence. But yet, they could not see his similitude. Because remember, God is a spirit. So only a select few were chosen, and, and these select few were individuals that obviously really loved him, had a heart to want to draw nigh to him, wanted to know him. Huh? And so those select few he chose, and he said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. A good example, let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 33. And in this, in this uh, passage of scripture, you're going to see this. And, and in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, uh, we'll start with uh, right around verse number 19. Uh, <clears throat> verse number 17, let's back up just a little bit. Book of Exodus 33, he says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. So obviously God knew how much Moses really loved him. How sincere he was in his spirit to really submit himself to him. To know him. To know him. So he says, and he said, I beseech thee, look at Moses says, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness 
pass before thee, and I will proclaim, look what he says, the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So not everyone is given that special treatment. Amen, that's right. Ooh. Not everybody is given that special treatment. Only a select few as, as Moses was. But look what he says. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, and there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. So basically he told Moses, he said, Moses, I'm going to grant your, uh, I'm not going to say wish, but I'm going to grant what you asked me. Right. Amen. Yep. But you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to put you in that cleft of the rock over there. And when I walk by you, he said, I'm going to put my hand over you. The only portion of me that you are going to see is my, my back side. <laughs> You're not going to see my face. Amen. And, and, and the way he says it, he says, and he said, uh, I will declare my name. Can you imagine? I wonder what Moses was thinking when that all happened. Huh? Amen. Obviously, he wanted to see the Lord face to face, but he wasn't granted that. Amen. What he asked. And just seeing him from behind is what he had to be satisfied with. Huh? There was a reason. There was a reason for that. God didn't want to reveal himself just yet. He didn't want you know, his person, he didn't want his name to be revealed. Pretty pretty awesome, isn't it? And so, uh, another passage of scripture, if I, if I remember right, is in the book of uh, Judges, I believe it is. And uh, Judges, and I'm going to say chapter 13. And uh, Okay, chapter 13, you see here uh, the story about, uh, amen, when the Lord sent an angel to 
to uh, Samson's parents, Manoah. And uh, look what happens. Verse number 8, Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. And God heareth him to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came unto him, unto the woman. And she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man, said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee, until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though I, thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread, and if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy sayest, when thy sayest come to pass, we thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? So here we have another, amen, we have another uh, revelation about why it was God kept himself Amen. Hidden. What is thy name? Can you imagine? I wonder what Moses felt like when the name of the Lord was revealed to him. And uh, that happened, and here he was, and didn't really understand. But God, obviously, the Lord hid himself. He hid himself in obscurity. Amen. Did not reveal himself totally. But in the word, the way he placed this information in the word of God. Obviously, he wanted amen, his people to know that there was going to be a day that he was going to come. Yeah. But remember, God is a spirit. God is the spirit. So here he was speaking to them. And uh, amen. Revealing to him, to them his his word and his will. Uh, a beautiful passage of scripture, if you want to turn with me. Go to the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalms 132. Beautiful Psalms here. And uh I don't know how many of you have really uh, 
I've read it to try to understand what was taking place here, the dialogue. In Psalms 132, if you have it, say amen. amen. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start with uh, verse number one. This is what it says. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. How he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. This is David speaking. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob Amen. though we heard of it at Ephratah we found it in the fields of the wood we will go into his tabernacle we will worship at his footstool arise O Lord into thy rest thou and the ark of thy strength let thy priests be clothed with righteousness and let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of the anointed. So this is David's request. This is what he felt in his heart. He felt this in his heart. Now, I want you to pay attention to what the scripture says about David. The Bible says, he was a man after God's own heart. So obviously, even though David had the flaws he had in his lifetime, there was something about David's heart that the Lord, he, the Lord was impressed with. He said, he's a man after my own heart. And, and obviously, David loved the Lord. He loved truth. He Amen. loved the God of Israel. So he came and he said, he said, Lord, I want to build you a house. I want to build you a place of rest where the Ark of the Covenant can find rest. I want to build you a house so that you can dwell there. So this was his, this was his request. This was his desire. This was his prayer. So we, so we read that. We read that there in the first 10 verses there. But look at verse number 11. And the scripture says, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Now look what he says. This was the Lord's word to David. He said, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Amen. So when you read that, you, you know, you, know you, you get an idea of, of, of this conversation, this very personal conversation between the Lord and David. David says, I want to build you a house, Lord. I want to build you a house so that your, the Ark of the Covenant can have, be in a place of rest. I want to build you a house. That was his desire. And here the Lord turns back and responds to him. He said, David, he says, David, I want to, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this in truth. Of the fruit of your body, I'm going to sit upon the throne. Well, what does this all have to do? with, you know, as far as understanding God. Well, let's, let's do some Bible reading, if you don't mind. Amen. Yes. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. 
You'll see this in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Uh, <clears throat> almost the same dialogue, almost the same conversation going on here, but a little bit more in detail. And 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning with verse number uh, 1, this is what it says. <clears throat> and it came to pass when the king sat in his house, talking about David, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. So you see that. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, <clears throat> Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel, and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and I cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in the place in a place of their own, and <clears throat> move no more. Neither shall the children of the wickedness, children of wickedness, afflict them any anymore, as before time. Now look what he says. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, have I caused thee to rest from all thine enemies? Also, the Lord telleth thee. Now he's speaking to David, remember? The Lord telleth thee that he will make thee in house. Now, here's an interesting, here's an interesting uh, situation here. Here's an interesting dialogue between the Lord and David. David says, "Hey, I'm, I want to, I want to build a house for the Lord. I want to build the Ark of uh, the Covenant, a place of rest." So he had it on his heart because what, why did David say that? He said, because I live in a house of cedars. I live in a, in a palace. I live in a house of cedars. So I want to build a place for the Ark of the Covenant. I want to build a house for the Lord. So Nathan says, okay, that's what you feel in your heart, King. Go ahead and do it because the Lord's with you. But all of a sudden, here comes the Lord back and speaks to Nathan and says, Hey, I want you to go tell David this. And of course, we all know he couldn't build a house because he was a man of war. Yep. And that task was going to be given to his son Solomon after him. He was going to build him a house. But this is what he tells David. Now look what he says. 
David, I, I know you want to build me a house. See, we're talking about a place, a house, a tabernacle. Mm -hmm. I know you want to build me a house, David, but this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to make you in house. Amen. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Amen. He wasn't talking to David that he was going to build him another house because he already had a house, a house of cedars. But this was his promise to David. He said, I'm going to make you a house. Huh? Amen. Are you getting it? Yes, amen. amen. I'm going to make you a house, David. In other words, guess what? And that's what he said. That's what the promise was. He, when, he, when he spoke to him in Psalms, he said, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. Now look what he says. He will not turn from it of the fruit of thy body. Amen. I am going to sit on thy throne. So in other words, <clears throat> what he was telling David, he said, your lineage, your descendants, there's going to be a day when a king is going to be born, Amen. and that king is going to be me. <laughs> Amen. Because David, I'm going to make you my house. I'm going to make you my house, David. And when we think about that, we think about, you know, what the scripture says. Uh, you, you go there, go with me there in the book of Hebrew, chapter 10 and verse number, right on verse number 5, we see some, uh, what, the, what the writer here is in Hebrews, uh, chapter 10, verse number 5 says here. Look what he says, uh, speaking about the word of God, and he says this, uh, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not. But what does he say? But a body hast thou prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then look what he says. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So here was, if I want to say it that way, here was a clue that was given. And he's following up on this promise that he made with David. He said, David, I'm going to make you a house. I'm going to make you a house. So obviously, uh, scripture. When we when we look at the scripture, uh, turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter one. And you'll see this when the apostle Paul was addressing the church, you know, at Rome. <clears throat> this is what he says in chapter one. Uh, start with verse number one. He says, "Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God." Now look what he says. Look what he says. Which he hath promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. So now look what he's talking about. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our 
Lord. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Woo. So that's the house. Amen. That's the house he was talking to David about. I'm going to make you a house. And of course, we understand Jesus was a son of David mm -hmm. because he was in the bloodline of David. So he said, I'm going to make you a house. So we see that. Uh, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Remember that interesting conversation that Jesus had with the Pharisees when he was talking about how come David mentioned this, he said, my Lord said unto uh, thy Lord said unto my Lord that he would make his what the earth his footstool so Jesus asked a question, he said why did, if he was a son of David, why did he refer to him <clears throat> as his Lord mm -hmm. well there's a play in the words there you see that when he's talking about the Lord the Lord said unto my Lord, the first Lord is capital letters, well it's capital letters, deity, said unto humanity, I will make, amen, the earth thy footstool, and all this. So he asked them the question, he, he posed them the question, well if David was his, his father, why did he call him Lord? interesting question isn't it oh it's easy to understand obviously David knew this that he was going to have a descendant in his bloodline and that descendant that was going to come from his bloodline was going to sit on his throne and that descendant that was in his bloodline was going to be none other than the Lord Amen. the king of glory in other words as Paul says Concerning his son Jesus Christ the Lord, which is made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So in other words, he, he was God in the flesh. Amen. Coming to that point of, of understanding. You know, somebody asked me the question one time, and of course, it's, uh, talking about religion and uh, beliefs and people believing in, in God and all this stuff. And here's 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 the issue with a lot of people that have different beliefs. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for them to believe that there's just one God. Yeah, yeah. amen. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Huh? Whatever ethnicity, whatever uh, nation, whatever group of people we have come from, they all have their beliefs about God. They all can, basically they see God in a certain manner, in a certain way, uh, 
uh, a certain image, a certain uh, tradition. So that's what they refer to. So, they're, so obviously because they, they believe that way, they've created gods because that's what they've done. They've created gods. Right. And so they believe that there's not just one god, but that there's many gods. Right. Yeah. My, my, my. What a troubled world. Yes. Here's the thing. So when you believe that there's many gods, if that is the truth, and, and you know what Paul said, there's God's many and Lord's many, but there's one true God. Right. That's what he said. That's what he affirmed. There's only one true God. Even though there's these man-made gods, there's only one true God. And, 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 and thinking about it now, if that's the case, if, if that is the truth, if there's any truth behind that, which there isn't, <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. <laughs> There's no truth behind that. Because they are all, and I hate to hurt anybody's feelings. Oh, we're not on podcast this morning, are we? Oh, are we? Okay, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But if there's only one true God, all the other gods are false gods. Amen. Yes. One God has to be superior. One God has to be the highest of them all. One God. And so we have that problem. Of course, people ask ask that question, and, and you know, I, I come across that question, and, and I say to myself, you know what? Uh, here's the thing that one God created all, all of, us. of us yes amen yes that's right we may differ in appearance we may differ in skin color huh yep amen that's the only difference right and here's the thing that connects us uh, here's the thing that's that connects us we all are have the same if I want to say similitude, you know what I mean when I say by when I say that, you know what I mean by similitude. Yes. Means we all have two eyes, one nose, one mouth, two feet, two hands, two legs, two arms, a body. Amen. And we're created male and female. <laughs> Nothing beyond that. Male and female. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. One, one, one God created all of us. Yes, that's right. So here's the thing, and this is what I always say to people that believe that there's more than one God. I said, if we believe that there's more than one God, then guess what? In every philosophy, every belief, every tradition, they believe that their God created them. And so when you take a look at the image of their God, and I asked the question, I said, so if you believe your God, your maker created you, you have a creator. Yes, I do. And I said, you believe in a certain image of your creator. And I said, he, he created you. I said, why don't you look like him? Wow. Amen. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? Amen. Yeah. So 
<laughs> See, that is a statement of truth. Yes. It will, it will obviously quell. It will quench any philosophy, any opinion, any teaching, because. We might as well, and I want to say this, because we hear this term, we've been hearing it a lot lately, let's believe the science. Scientifically, guess what? The human race is all the same. We might be different colors and have different personalities and characteristics and all this, but guess what? Our similitude is the same. So if, if, if only one God created us, then we obviously we take on the similitude of that one God because the Bible says he created us in his image. Yes. Male and female Amen. created he them after his likeness. So, so obviously there's a reason why we all somehow we, 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 we resemble one another because guess what? We all have one head, we have two eyes, two ears, one mouth, one nose, you know, the whole thing. But we're just different in color. I wonder what Moses seen when he was up on that mountain. Wow. Yeah. I have to laugh one time in high school. I was probably about a junior. And uh, I was going from study hall. I wanted to go downstairs. I went to, I think it was the restroom. So anyway, I got a pass from my study hall teacher and was heading down the hallway in the old high school Whitever, you walked this wood floor so when you walked on the hallway guess what you could hear your steps so anybody that was walking on the hallway you could hear them going down there you know how they is obviously going to the office or they're going downstairs or to one of these other classrooms in here uh where i was walking down the hallway in here uh i have a classmate of mine she was in the opposite class and she said and, and she said, I, I, I didn't see I didn't see you, you know, as far as you, when you came out of the other the study hall, she said, but I, I just seen, just when you kind of passed by the door, she said, who went out the door? And all I seen was your backside. She said, I seen you going, and you made that turn down. She said, who is that guy? There's, there's a different guy. Did you see that guy? So she right away, here comes, here comes the cop. Hey, there's a, there's a new guy in school. Did you see that guy? <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I come back up, and I was walking down the hallway, and uh, going into the study hall, and here they, here they were at the door, they were, and when they see me, they said, oh, it's only Harold. <laughs> <laughs> so I see, and I was wondering, what in the world? They, so I said, what? And they said, we thought you were somebody new. We just seen you walking, we seen your, the back of you going down there. So we just saying, who is that guy? <laughs> but now we know who we are because we seen your face. And it's only you. I don't know if that makes me feel good or not. <laughs> but they knew, they knew who I was when they seen my face. They didn't know who I was when they seen my backside. Okay. Are you getting the... Yes. So obviously, you know, that is a defining characteristic is our face. 
a defining characteristic. You can put the face, here's a, here's a good uh, uh, cliche. You can put the face to the name. Yep, absolutely. Or the name to the face. Yeah. When you see both and you go, oh, that's, it's only Harold. <laughs> I'm glad it was just only me. Right. <laughs> Praise God. But here's Moses seeing the backside of the Lord. Can you imagine what Moses was thinking right then? You know, I wonder if he was satisfied. We talk about the presence of the Lord quite a bit when we come in here to church. We talk about his presence. We talk about feeling his presence. Here's the thing. Moses probably felt the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it was probably really intense. It's probably intensified. Yeah, him and his image, yeah. After his likeness. So obviously obviously he's seen he, he's seen his body. What did you say, Brother Dan? What was that again? So he said Yep. So obviously something must have came together for Moses like wait a minute. Can you repeat what Dan said so that we can hear it back here? Okay. Brother Dan say what I said, I asked if Moses is the author of Genesis. He wrote that. So my question was, did he write Genesis after that event when he saw God's backside? Oh. Because Moses wrote that God created man in his, his image. Own, in his image. Wow. In his likeness. Mm -hmm. So he would have seen two arms, two legs, yeah. and a head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Yep. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> and, and, and of course, of course, his body wasn't born yet, so the appearance was a theophany, a yep. spiritual, spiritual image. Yep. But he gave him a. It was like he said. I'm just paraphrasing. This is this is just some. The Lord saying, "Here's my prototype." Amen. Amen. I'm giving you the look, Moses, but I'm not letting you see my face. Amen. I wonder what Moses thought. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, we, we never relate to this. We never make that connection. We never at all. We never. Because we're so overwhelmed or so our minds are so full of, you know, our, our thoughts, our opinions. We never we never realize this. But here's the thing that what Moses felt up there on Mount Sinai, obviously it was, you know, the presence of the Lord, and, and, and it was powerful, and, and even them to the point of, they never had that experience of knowing the Lord like we know him, in the Holy Ghost. Their experience was just what they could feel on the outside. So obviously there must have been something there Moses felt something. He felt the presence of God. He could never really explain it fully because he did not have the Holy Ghost. But God spoke to him, you know, heard his voice. But you know what? He what he felt up there. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Because what he revealed up to Moses up there on Mount Sinai was obviously what he has given to us through the Holy Ghost. 
understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. Because what happened up there was that he brought the law to them, but he put it on tables of stone. Amen. Yes. So obviously the influence of, of the law and what God did when he did that, obviously they seen it. Mm -hmm. They seen the glory of God come down. <laughs> they seen, they heard the, the thunder, they, they seen the lightning, they seen the thick clouds, they felt the earth shake, so they knew that, woo, presence of God is awesome, it's mighty. So that so many of them, hey, they told Moses, hey, Moses, uh, just go ahead and go up there yourself, we'll wait right here. The Bible says they were exceedingly afraid, they were full of fear, they were quaking. Why? Because the presence of God was so powerful. But here was Moses <clears throat> called to go up there and experience all that by himself. So you, you obviously know he felt something. Right. Wow. I wonder if he wanted to just jump out of that cleft of the rock and just woo! Amen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He revealed his name to me. <clears throat> you know what? That, that is the best kept secret. Yeah. Right. Amen. He revealed his name to me. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I know who God is. I've seen his person. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Here's the, here's, here's the thing that's going to blow your mind. I've seen this person, but he's not here yet. Amen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but there's going to be a day he's going to be here. Because why would Moses write in the scripture, there's going to be a prophet that's going to come to you one day. That prophet you need to listen to. He's a prophet like me. He's speaking about Jesus. So obviously he knew that. He understood that. He just had a little, you know, revelation. God had a purpose. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? God is a spirit. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples after his uh, passion, after his crucifixion. And, of course, they were all in unbelief because he was dead. They didn't, you know, they knew the tomb was empty. They obviously they didn't believe in his resurrection. They probably thought, oh, somebody stole his body out of there. Yeah. But he resurrected like he promised. Yeah. So they were still in disbelief. It was like, you know, our, our hopes are all dashed. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do now? We thought he was going to restore the kingdom of heaven. There they were walking on that road back from Emmaus. Man, it sounded good. It sounded good when when he was alive, I mean, uh, you know, you can just imagine the conversation. Yeah. Didn't you believe him? Oh yeah, I believed him. It felt good. When he spoke to us those words, it felt good. Man, it felt so good. Felt like there was gonna be hope. But then, he's gone. And all of a sudden, here comes this stranger walking up behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And he, catches up to them and he starts walking with them and they didn't even recognize yeah, yeah. him. <laughs> His glorified body. Yeah. Wow. They didn't recognize him. Guess what? You know what? Here's the thing. 
when you are so uh, intoxicated and filled with the Holy Ghost, nobody's going to recognize That's you. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes. That's right. And here was Jesus walking right by them. He was talking to them. And, and he, he just was, hey, what happened? What's going on? Well, you haven't heard, no. And they began to talk about him. So here's Jesus. He says, hey, you know what? It's me. Yeah. It's me. And so when they finally came to that understanding, of course, when he was trying to persuade them, he said, behold my hands and my feet. That is, I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and blood as ye see me have. Right. A spirit doesn't have flesh and blood. So we think about that. We think about, you know, we're talking about great is the mystery of godliness. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the only glory as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we are. Just let me tie some things together here. I'm, on, I'm running out of time. But this, how would I say, this, in a sense, it, it, it gets me excited. Because I know what we know and what we experience in here, it is very powerful. Amen. Yes. God is obviously in our midst. Amen. And you cannot deny that He's obviously in our midst. We can feel His presence, and and we say to ourselves, I, I feel I feel led to say this. I just feel this. I, I, I it's it's all been on my mind. But we talk about when we when I mentioned about the reason why they heard God's voice was because God is a spirit. He did not have a body. He could not commune with them through a human body. Amen. So yes. obviously they had to hear his voice. They had to, he had to let them know. Of course, they seen his manifestations, the pillar of a cloud, the fire, and of course, certain ones fleeced him. Mm -hmm. Lord, how do I know it's you unless you, you do this? And, and so he did it to, to let them know. That was his witness to them. To say that, hey, I'm with you. Right. I'm hearing your prayers. Amen. So don't don't be full of fear or unbelief or or doubt or anything because I'm with you so when they seen those signs when they seen those signs obviously they must have felt comforted like oh man God is with us and then here comes Jesus thou shalt call his name Emmanuel being interpreted God with us okay so he came he came he was born, as the Bible says, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. That body was prepared, he was born, and he was born into this world as Jesus Christ. Amen. I never really fully understood, you know, what the Bible talks about when we when we when we say Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus 
Christ. Why, why do they always use that term, term, terminology when they're speaking about him? Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. Lord. They refer to God as Lord. So, you know, they directed it Father. So he is our God. He is our Lord, our Father. Lord, Father. Jesus, Son. Christ, the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, Father. Jesus, Son. Christ, Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Amen. Wow. So you think about that. You think about great is the mystery of Godliness. God was manifested. Manifested. That's what they said, didn't it? Amen. In the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. I remember asking a guy a question one time. I read this to him. And he was a three-person guy, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I said, <laughs> when, you read, when you read 1 Timothy chapter 3.16, I said, What's the, what's the Paul talking about? And he read it and said, God. I said, yeah, so you agree that the topic is, is God? He said, yeah, he's talking about God. I said, I agree with you. That's what he's talking about. God. I said, but look what the Bible says. He was manifest in the flesh. God, yeah. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And he was received up in glory. So if you believe that he was talking about God, he said, yes, I do. I said, okay. Then, you know what? He was also talking about, and he said, Jesus. And it just hit him. He said, Jesus was preached on into the world. Amen. And Jesus was received up into glory. Amen, yeah. He said, Jesus. I said, yes. So that mystery, when it's revealed, and you know, it's, it's, it's by the Holy Ghost. Amen, yes. By the Holy Ghost. I love this passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Remember, Moses seen his glory. He said, I will show you my glory. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So when you think about that, you know, and here's, here's the other part of it. Now I'm, I'm almost done here. Here's the other part of it. 
Moses experienced that. He's seen it. Obviously, he was moved by it. He was touched by it. it. Made so much of an impact on him that when he came down off the mountain, boy, he was he was glowing. God's virtue. His face shone. So guess what happened? And put a veil on his face. It was so bright. That was the outward experience of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that was the outward experience of the Holy Ghost. Now here's the thing. Now here we are. Guess what happens to us? We obey him. We just simply obey his word, his instruction to us about being born again of water and of the spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of our sins, being filled with the Holy Ghost. We simply obey him and now we're filled with his spirit. So those of you that want to say to yourself, I wish I could hear God's voice. And here's the Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthian church. And he's talking about the spiritual things, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. You can't know them. You don't have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Right. But here's Amen. the thing. When he was speaking to us, <clears throat> he's given us the Holy Ghost so that we can re freely receive. Amen, yes. God can give us revelation. God can give us understanding. And here's the other part of it. He can speak to us through his spirit. Because Paul concludes that chapter. He says, and ye, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. Why do we have the mind of Christ? We're filled with the Holy Ghost. So God doesn't literally have to speak to you. You don't have to hear his audible voice. All you have to do is listen to the Spirit. Yes, yes amen. Because we have a direct connection. There's little things that happen in this church, and I hear it through the testimonies and... Uh, what Brother Al shared the other night yep. about what he was feeling, the burden for his cousin. Uh, and uh, yes. all that. And, and you know what? Brother Rich didn't even know what he was feeling. Yes, amen. But he ministered to him and said, told him about his burden. Then he tells him about his burden, who his burden is for. Brother Rich didn't even know Brother Alex was carrying that burden. Amen. Wow. Yep. How did he know that? God spoke God's to his heart. Yes, yes, amen. So here's here's the part of it. We need to we need to understand and know that we have the Spirit of God. We we can hear God now. We don't have to hear His audible voice. We just have to pay close attention to the Holy Ghost that we have. Really yes, absolutely. Tells us certain things. Amen. We'll stop there for this morning. <clears throat> hope you I hope you were blessed this morning. Amen. Uh, yes. And uh, we're looking forward to this evening, prayer at 6, and service at 6.30. I, I know there's going to be, we'll, we'll have a few more tonight. But if not, we'll still. That's right. Amen. 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 Yes, that's right. We'll still rock on. Amen. <laughs> we'll bring this house down. Amen. Amen. Yes. Anyway, thank you very much. God bless you. Have a good day. Amen. See you soon.